So I'm just leaning into more myself and being okay with that. Hey, if you're sleeping six hours now, sleep six hours, five minutes tomorrow. Sleep six hours, 10 minutes tomorrow. Just build that muscle. This is a huge issue. And if I'm experiencing this, I bet a lot of other people are experiencing this. And we are. (laughs) I really want to help others with mental health. Welcome to the ADHD Skills Lab podcast. And today I'm very excited to chat with our first Kiwi guest. Um, For those of you who don't know, that's New Zealand, which is where I'm from as well. So welcome, Eugene Yao. Eugene recently transitioned from his role at the VC-backed startup eVouch, which we'll talk about in a minute, to co-found a new venture called Forget, which is specifically for ADHD. So for those of you who are always looking for a new ADHD app, we're going to get into what this one is and how it works. It's a productivity tool designed specifically to help people with ADHD maintain focus while they're working. So welcome, Eugene. It's really, really exciting to have you here. Thank you for having me. This is a podcast that I've been looking forward to being on. I can actually be myself and unmask. So thank you. (laughs) Awesome. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. So let's start by saying, where are you based? Because you're currently in Auckland, but you have been in the US as well. So I've been in Auckland all my life. And then I recently, I went to US in May and I realized, wow, I love it there. And then from August to November, I started staying there on my holiday visa and I'm looking to move. Awesome. Cool. So you've had quite a wild ride in the last few years with eVouch because I realized it's only been about four years working on that business. So can you explain Mm. what it is? Because I had to watch a very cool instructional video (laughs) to understand it. So what is it and how did you come to start the business? Okay, this is interesting. So this is back in 2019 in Auckland, New Zealand. I was having brunch with my sister. And in New Zealand, there's beautiful food. So I ordered the Eggs Benny. It looked beautiful. I took a photo of the Eggs Benny and put it on my Instagram story like everyone does. Mm -hmm. Then immediately, one of my mates saw it and came to the exact same cafe. So I was just like, hey, Technically, I bought her to this cafe. I should earn some sort of discount from the cafe. (laughs) And that's how the idea came about. So eVouch, what it was at the very start, was a marketplace where you can discover restaurants. You go there, you take a photo, put it on your Instagram, and you get 20 to 50% off your meal. Yeah, that's pretty good. It's expensive expenditure in New Zealand. (laughs) Yeah. And that was in 2019. And guess what happened in 2020 and 2021, uh, Mm COVID-19. So we went under lockdown for, I think New Zealand went under five lockdowns. And the lockdown, I was like, oh no, my revenue was cut. We had like 150 restaurants at the time and like over 10,000 users. But then like the restaurants kept closing down. I'm like, oh, I can't get revenue anymore. So I need to pivot into something else. So then we started doing, we looked at the e-commerce market And we're like, hey, this is pretty hot. Everyone's buying stuff online during COVID. So we're like, hey, why not? If you're buying a watch or buying some necklace, if you promote your necklace or your watch on your Instagram, why can't you receive like a $5, $10 off or like 10% off? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's what we did. So basically, eVouch is a social media trade for discounts. Yeah, I I was looking into that and I was... I guess the one thing, this is a bit of a technical question, but 
How does that work seamlessly between sending them the fact that you've sent the photo? Does the person send the information to them? Does it automatically know? So we built tech to automatically know and you click Mm. like a confirmation, like, hey, I would like to have a bot look at my Instagram story to verify that we're checking your story. And then if they Mm -hmm. are happy with that, the bot just goes check it. And it's like, oh, photo's good. Then we give them a discount. Wow. That's very, very cool. I can imagine that would be very complicated to make as well, or at least it sounds complicated to me. Yeah, fairly complicated. (laughs) And then during COVID, it sounds like, was when things actually did blow up. You know, you got VC funding, which is very different. You know, we are a bootstrap business, but you got, it sounded like half a million VC funding. Yeah. So I think it was at 2021, we entered something called the Shopify app challenge, where a couple hundred people build Shopify apps and Mm -hmm. we became one of the winners of the Shopify app Mm -hmm. challenge and got an article. And we also got angel investment from one of the Shopify execs, well, former execs. And that Mm -hmm. led into VC funding of half a mil as well. Yeah, no, that's, that's very, very cool. It must've been a huge difference because this was your second business that you were involved in. Yes. The second, well, I'll call it my first proper startup that I led myself. So in terms of that, what did that mean for you? Because, you know, that's a huge change in your business to go from where you were to suddenly you've won this app challenge, you've got this funding. What does that look like? What does that mean for you guys in the day-to-day? Oh yeah, that was a big change. The process of fundraising was difficult. Like I'm highly anxious and Mm -hmm. with ADHD, it's like every single attentional gap I'm like thinking negatively so the raising money was a little bit difficult <laughs> the RSD is real yeah 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 it's, <laughs> oh man oh yeah. god like don't get me started like especially with investors man like oh that that was terrible but anyways that aside it was in a way I kind of knew that I would get funding so like I was confident to get funding. So it wasn't a big of a change because I already knew exactly what I needed to do after I received that funding. Like that, mm-hmm. that was already planned out. We went into hiring. I think we hired one or two people and it was a pre-seed round. So what happens at a pre-seed round is usually you have a little bit of revenue, but you haven't built up the whole product yet. So with that half a mil, we were able to hire devs to really build that product. Oh yeah, no, that makes sense. That's really interesting. And I do want to touch on the RSD of it all because I'm sure a lot of people are like, no, 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 go back to the bit where you had to do that terrifying thing that I would be so anxious to do. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, at the time, we'll talk about your diagnosis. You were diagnosed at the time, but I am curious to know, especially now that you've been diagnosed, we're talking more and more now about emotional regulation with ADHD, emotional dysregulation with ADHD. It can be a real struggle. Do you have any strategies for supporting it now? When I was fundraising, I didn't, well, I wasn't diagnosed, so I didn't know what's wrong mm-hmm. with me. But after I got diagnosed, which was over like, I got only diagnosed like four or five months ago, everything mm-hmm. started to make sense. I can actually like be more myself and accept myself for who I am. So now that I'm on this tangent, I completely forgot the question that you asked, but it's okay to well, say you're that answering because it, I'm, I'm so that's great. <laughs> <laughs> You're answering the question as you go. So I'm yeah. curious, like now 
because you have to do things. You're still running the second business. You know, you still have to talk to people. How do you manage that? I mean, you reached out to me. Um, you've probably reached out oh. to lots of people. How do you manage RSD now? I think I'm just leaning into myself a lot more and just mm-hmm. feeling like, so before I, I would say I'm playing a character. So before mm-hmm. I was playing a character, what society wants me to play. And that is mm-hmm. Eugene that listens all the time, never forgets, um, <laughs> knows what the hell he's talking about, like everything. Mm-hmm. But now I'm just like, hey, it's okay. I don't I don't know everything. And it's okay to mm-hmm. have these blinks where I just completely think about someone, something else, interrupt someone else. Mm-hmm. So I'm just leaning into more myself and being okay with that. Yeah, that's, yeah. I think that's the biggest point. And also I forgot, yeah. so Forget, which is the current tool that I'm building for ADHD, this is my second business. My first business is eVouch. And then I had an, another one at the very start, which is a chatbot for AI. So I thought that mm-hmm. what you were saying yeah. was, yeah. So I had three businesses. The first one was not really mine. And the other two mm-hmm. were like, I did, yeah. 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 No, definitely. Definitely. And I think that's a really good point about kind of being yourself. Ironically, that can make you feel and seem more confident, I think, to other people. Yes. yes. Which is so strange. Like you've unlocked the secret kind of situation. (laughs) Oh my God. You have like no idea. Like I'm very comfortable right now because I can be myself, but Mm-hmm. I don't know that. Like, for example, this is a podcast. I would immediately go into, oh, podcasters should do this. And I would play yeah. that character so well. Uh, some yeah. content is that I used to be an actor as well. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. No, definitely. And for those of you who are curious, um, RSD is rejection sensitivity dysphoria. It's not actually something that's diagnosed or widely used in research that term. They use more the emotional dysregulation term. But amongst people who have ADHD, the concept of rejection sensitivity dysphoria is very real and very visceral. Yeah, it it hurts a lot, especially every time after an investor meeting. Like I would Mm -hmm. get like my thoughts, it just doesn't stop. And then I would Mm -hmm. like... Like, it's just like all these thoughts just pop up and like attack you. I'm like, Mm -hmm. and you don't know why they're attacking you. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we have so many, like, we talk about mindfulness, which I really struggle with personally doing mindfulness, but it, it's a helpful thing. Sarah on the podcast is always talking about mindfulness. She's, she's a mindfulness expert. Okay. So you worked really hard, I imagine, over those years with eVouch. It sounds like it was quite a of quick process in some ways, you know, it kind of came really fast. So how did you struggle with that? Did you experience burnout? You know, at the time, again, you weren't diagnosed, but how was that process for you? Definitely burnt out, but only once in the four years. And that's Mm -hmm. mainly due to towards the end, towards the end of my journey with eVouch, I was just thinking I'm about to leave all my employees. I'm about to leave Mm -hmm. all my friends and, yeah, that hit a chord. I think that was really hard for me because, I don't know, it's been such a core part of my life. I've almost made it my identity. Actually, mm-hmm. no, let's not say that. I've definitely made it my identity because <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, like doing eVouch was like a very long journey. I didn't really find myself. I was constantly masking, trying to be what society wants me to be, not be what Eugene wants Eugene to be. So mm-hmm. I only started figuring that out that out at the start of the year and I realized eVouch wasn't the thing that I want to do for the rest of my life 
And that was when I started burning out. It's like, oh my God, like it was an identity change almost. Mm-hmm. And that identity change, I struggled a lot. Like I was probably a few days, I think it took maybe maybe five days of intense stress or intense. Mm-hmm. I don't know the exact definition of burnout, but I know that when someone burns out, it's like a mini depression or, or something like some sort of mini breakout. I, mm-hmm. I had that. I was transitioning from old Eugene to new Eugene. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about that. So you decided to leave eVouch and start um, a very interesting new company that we'll talk about. So tell me a little bit about what, you know, you mentioned that it was a lot of just feeling like you couldn't be yourself, um, that you couldn't manage this business the way you wanted to do it and to be it. What was it that led to that decision to leave? This is another journey that I love talking about. I have a mentor. His name is Mahesh. He he was mm-hmm. an early exec at Canva and start of the year, which is 2023, about January. He mm-hmm. asked me a very solid question. He was like, Eugene, why are you doing this? Like, why are you doing startups? Why are you doing eVouch? I was like, oh God, yeah. Whoa, deep question. Mm. I, I really mm-hmm. thought about it and I couldn't come up with an answer. So what I did was... I ended up going camping by myself. My friends dropped me at wow. a camping location in Coromandel. Mm-hmm. There was no one around. There was no technology by myself, mm-hmm. just a tent and one month worth of food. I don't know how long I'm going to take to discover myself, but it was a mm-hmm. discovery journey. So yeah, I went there. It was a complete dopamine detox. There was no shower. So I had to shower mm-hmm. by the stream. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that kind of changed me. I reflected on my life and who I am as a person. And I realized, hey, A, I love growth and I'm a compassionate person and I'm adventurous and I need mm-hmm. to chase something that I really love and that will make me grow. And the only pain that I have in my life was mainly mental health. And I really want to help others with mental health. And eVouch was more like a money machine where I help other businesses get more money and in return I get money. And mm-hmm. that wasn't meaningful me to me in any way. So mm-hmm. during that camping period, I figured out that, hey, my life's purpose is to actually help other people with their mental mm-hmm. health and make them yeah. live their fullest life. So with that, it was a 10-day camp. I went back and I was like, guys, I think I'm changed. I've wow. got a new meaning. I've got a new purpose. I don't think I can do eVouch anymore. Yeah. They were like, we should never have taken you camping. <laughs> <laughs> well, 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 my, my co-founder is now running eVouch and he's doing yeah. a really good job. So mm-hmm. that's yeah. one yeah. <laughs> Awesome. That's great. Yeah. We know that ADHD can feel overwhelming and frustrating and that's on a good day. And we don't want anyone to have to navigate that alone. That's why we created the ADHD Academy, where adults with ADHD can meet, join, share stories, and support each other in a judgment-free way. If you want to connect with others who truly understand you and learn research-based strategies to help you feel more in control and build momentum in your life and work, you found the right place. Together, let's transform your ADHD challenges into strengths. If you'd like to know more, you can click the link below to join us in the ADHD Academy. Hope to see you there. And where were you at that point, like in your ADHD diagnosis journey? Because it can be a journey trying to get to that point. So I didn't get diagnosed till 
July or August. So during that camping, I didn't even know what ADHD properly was. Like I've heard mm-hmm. of it many mm-hmm. times, but I didn't dig into it. Mm-hmm. So what led you to get a diagnosis? After eVouch, I left May and then I got a diagnosis July. So between May and July, I was trying to find something to help with mental health, which is like mm-hmm. I tried many different things. And then I realized the biggest problem in my life was that I keep getting distracted and I can't focus at work. I have really bad focus. Mm-hmm. And then I was just like, why don't I solve for this? Let's figure out. Let's, <laughs> I know there's so many other people that can't focus at work. Yeah, Let's solve mm-hmm. for that. Yeah. So I mm-hmm. did a lot of research into why I can't focus. <laughs> 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 like everyone does. So I think back then is the reason I could focus quite well is because of the social pressure. I had yeah. people that I had to look after. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I need to like, oh, yeah. But then afterwards when I left everyone and I'm trying to do things for myself, it mm-hmm. was so difficult. Like I couldn't focus on anything. I'm constantly context switching, getting distracted. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, mm-hmm. this is a huge problem. I'm feeling terrible every single day because I don't get anything done. That was my biggest pain of my life. It's like I have all these thoughts. I have so many things to give to this world, but I can't execute mm-hmm. on and I'm yeah. like, this is a huge issue. And if I'm experiencing this, I bet a lot of other people are experiencing this. And we are. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I did, I, I did, I did yeah. like a bunch of research and then, mm-hmm. and then guess what popped up? ADHD, yeah. ADHD, ADHD. I'm like, no mm-hmm. way I'm ADHD. Like there's no, yeah. And mm-hmm. <laughs> so I booked a diagnosis in New Zealand and they're like, mm-hmm. oh, it's a six month wait. Like, yep. <laughs> oh, like, no, no, that ain't happening. So I went mm-hmm. to the US and booked a diagnosis there. Oh, really? So it was it was faster in the US? Immediate, almost. Oh, yeah, wow. A, That's yeah, interesting. I got diagnosed with raging ADHD. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> well, it was just, just, just more moderate to severe ADHD. And mm-hmm. everything about yeah. my life like made mm-hmm. sense. I have so many stories yeah, no, definitely. And we're, we will get into that because, you know, once you had an understanding of the fact that you had ADHD, I'm really curious to know, part of the thing that you did obviously was make this app that you're working on, but what did you, what else did you do? Like, what did you do to help yourself focus and work on your ADHD symptoms? So I've been doing this for a few years and I've realized it worked for me quite well. So I'm super into wellness. So you think of Andrew Huberman, Huberman Labs. I'm like digesting oh, yeah. his content like 24-7. So one big part of my life that really changed was raising my baseline dopamine. So before COVID, mm-hmm. I'm always decreasing my baseline consistently with more social media, more junk food, less mm-hmm. sleep, more binge watching. So, yeah, so all those decrease mm-hmm. your baseline. But I figured out true, those things give you dopamine, like social media, all these addictions mm-hmm. give you dopamine. Mm-hmm. But you can actually increase your dopamine baseline and you, during your time awake, you feel so much better about yourself. So I've been cold showering for about two and a half years. I've been meditating for two and a half years and I do mm-hmm. these religiously every day. I go exercise as well and mm-hmm. I religiously sleep eight hours. So you see that light mm-hmm. at the back? It's purple now, but it, it goes to red. It's like red light therapy at 9 p.m. So that's the lowest mm-hmm. frequency. 
simulate melatonin. Mm-hmm. So, and I've got all these like. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, I can see the BQR. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I've, got, <laughs> I've got omega three, which really helps ADHD. I've got yeah, magnesium, like everything mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. whatever I can do because I know with ADHD that my dopamine senses are a little, I don't know, like just not right. So how mm-hmm. do I consistently increase that level? That's interesting because I was looking at a routine that you did for an article and it did include like a lot of meditating and active oh, yeah. things and that kind of stuff. I am curious because there'll be a lot of people listening to this podcast who, one of the things we talk about baseline dopamine as well, but we don't always talk about it just in terms of those things. We also talk about like playing video games and stuff like that mm-hmm. to increase dopamine. So I'm curious, like, how did you find, because a lot of those things, they can definitely increase your, your baseline dopamine over time, but they can also in the short term, when you're trying to work towards them, be kind of boring, for lack of a better word. <laughs> it's very difficult. So I didn't start all these things all at once. I did it very mm-hmm. gradually. So from six mm-hmm. hours sleep, I go six fifteen hours sleep, 6.30. Right. Yeah. So I don't believe mm-hmm. that I can make the zero to 100 jump because I feel like that's a depressing mm-hmm. life. But what yeah. I can do is increasingly add these new habits in my life that makes me feel good about myself. Yeah. And yeah. I know there's like ADHD paralysis because when I'm feeling like low on dopamine, all I can do is dopamine activities and those dopamine mm-hmm. activities are on social media, all these different things to make me feel better. So it's about yeah. building momentum to get to that place. I have built a habit now. So mm-hmm. in terms of my personal life, I'm quite happy with it. In terms mm-hmm. of my work life, I'm still very distracted. Mm-hmm. That's the problem that I'm still trying to solve. But because mm-hmm. I've done all the work to actually get my baseline dopamine, I feel like I get less of the ADHD symptoms. Interesting. That's really interesting. Okay. So let's let's imagine a scenario. It's a normal day. You have things to tick off your to-do list and you have to do them. And you're probably on your couch or at a coffee shop or whatever, and you know you have to do those things. How do you get from there to actually working on those tasks? What does that process look like for you? Well, now I just chuck them in my app, forget, and then I do them. But like before, let's let's have a scenario mm-hmm. before. I love cafes. I love body doubling. Mm-hmm. That's crazy powerful for me. Environment mm-hmm. is very strong. So if I have a strong environment, it will push me to do it. If I'm at home, I don't do those mm-hmm. things. Yep. I just I just can't. I need other forms of dopamine, but mm-hmm. if I have mm-hmm. social pressure, so I think there's two things, either reward or social pressure mm-hmm. at home. There is mm-hmm. zero reward. Social pressure in terms of the environment helps me quite a lot. So mm-hmm. I tend to do that. So if the question was, how do I do the task? I, I can't, I can't until there's a deadline until someone's like, Oh, this, you got to do it now. You know, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. that's only at home though. So if I'm in another environment, I can probably do that a lot better. Yeah, yeah. So you can sort of bring your laptop to a cafe and and work from there. No, that's very true. You're increasing increasing your baseline dopamine around you essentially by doing that. So that is is very interesting. And, okay, so let's talk about, and we like to get into the nitty-gritty here because that's kind of where, you know, the rubber hits the road when it comes to actually getting things done with ADHD and it's, you know, people want to know. So, you know, now that you have your app, take us through what your app does. 
So we know that one thing is we love context switching so much. Mm -hmm. We get distracted and we never finish a single task properly. So what my app does is first it tackles that problem, which is let you focus on one task at a time and only that one task. And then Mm -hmm. we also, we know that ADHD were time blind. You say that Mm -hmm. I'm going to do this email for five minutes. It's probably going to take 20 because you're going to go over there. You're going to go over this. You're going to look at your phone. Mm -hmm. So while Forget helps you focus on one task at a time, we also have a visual timer that goes from top to bottom. Mm -hmm. That kind of is like, it gives you a visualization. Oh, I got to finish this. I said, I'm going to do it for five minutes. Mm -hmm. And what Forget does is that it's always on your screen. It never, yeah. it never disappears. It's always, it's like a tiny sidebar for your screen. It's always visible to help you focus on one task at a time. Mm-hmm. Your attention doesn't go like, oh, I got to do that. Oh, I, I want to mm-hmm. do that now. So for example, yesterday I was looking at fidget toys and one of the fidget ring that I really want to buy. Yeah. So why, during half a task, I was like, oh, I need to get that fidget ring. Instead of me going to do that activity while I'm focusing on the current task, I just say, okay, next task by fidget ring. So then I still concentrate. Mm -hmm. So I still concentrate on email Bob, for example, because if I'm halfway Mm -hmm. through email Bob and I have all these thoughts, get it out right now and then do them later. Your working memory means, and this is very real. People are like, well, just don't do it, do it later. And it's like with ADHD, you have working memory struggles most of the time. And so what that means is you have to get it out. Otherwise it's going to be gone and you'll never get that fidget ring. It's it's lost. (laughs) I have this with conversations as well. I have this with everything. Mm -hmm. I know that if I don't interrupt now, that thought Mm -hmm. is gone and I need to do it. Yeah. Yeah. It's actually, this is an interesting hack for conversation I've never mentioned before, but when I've had a conversation with a group full of ADHD people, we often sometimes, if we're sitting around a kitchen table, for example, have a piece of paper on the table and anybody can just write an idea or thought down on that paper as we're talking so that everyone feels like they're not going to forget what they want to say. No, I did not realize that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's so interesting. I actually, I actually might try that. So whenever my best friends, I have all these thoughts that I I, I, like, Mm -hmm. this is not my life that I want to update them on, but Mm -hmm. through their conversation, I stop listening and I just, I need to to get this out. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) That would actually make me a better listener. Oh, I love that. Mm -hmm. That's a great tip. No worries. Yeah. It's amazing. Once, once you can not mask and you're allowed to do these things, yeah, it's very yeah, helpful. Yeah. <laughs> I'm loving this podcast. Oh my God. Like this, I'm like so myself, like I'm a hundred percent me. I've been on podcasts before where I'm like playing a character and I'm just like, so draining. It's so tiring. It's so much anxiety. Oh. I would not be able to do this many episodes if that was what we were doing. I would have been like, no, I'm good. I'm busy. Okay. So in terms of like your work now, then I'm curious, do you still work outside of the home or can you work at home now? I just signed up for a gym membership yesterday where I can go and work at the gym as well. Oh, wow. Cool. And I just go to gym when I feel low. So I've got the schedule where my deep work is best in the morning because I take my cold showers. Mm -hmm. I think I get the most dopamine in the morning because what Huberman says is like, you got to put yourself to pain. So the rest of your day is like high in dopamine. So I put myself Mm -hmm. in, I meditate, I cold shower, I do grateful journaling. I look at the sun in the morning, everything that he says. 
And I realized that my morning productivity is insane. So I really need that. But then my afternoon productivity goes down because I've already used all my dopamine. So then that is when I start to get distracted more. But then now I go to the gym then I can work more. So I think I need to, I'm working up a system for myself and I'm mm-hmm. trying to test my my brain to see what works. And I've completely forgot your question now because I have gone on a tangent. <laughs> but what will we say? No, you're answering the question. I was asking about, are you working at home? And it sounds like, because you mentioned before you oh, couldn't yes. work at home, but are you able to do it now with the sort of additional supports or are you still going outside to work? I think I still need to go outside to work. Mm-hmm. It would mm-hmm. be my best work. But because yeah. I'm now a content creator, I need to be at home to film because I've got all my setup, my lights and everything. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. I actually, um, this house that we have in now, I'm in a glass walled room and it's um, it's got a glass. So everything around I can see. So I'm working from home, but I can see everything, including outside and everything that's happening in the house. So that kind of helps a lot. <laughs> Those walled rooms with no stimulation, it's, it is very hard to work from. So yeah, it's good to, it's good to have those additional supports. Cool. In terms of, we talked about ADHD, what would you say is your biggest strategy? What is the biggest strategy that you have to help yourself with ADHD at the moment? I would say because I think I always knew that I was different. Oh man, no, actually I want to touch on this right now is that growing up, if I got diagnosed with ADHD, my life would change dramatically and because mm-hmm. New Zealand is, so there's something called ESOL back in schooling, and that's English student of other languages. Mm-hmm. And you get put on those classes to improve your English. So you, and then once you improve your English, you go into mainstream with all the other kids. So mm-hmm. I came to New Zealand when I was five. And then during that time, I got put into ESOL. Every, there's a, a lot of other foreigners that could get put into ESOL, but they pass in one or two years. Mm-hmm. I took eight years. I went from year two to year 10 in ESOL and mm-hmm. they didn't notice anything wrong with me because mm-hmm. every year we switch teachers. So mm-hmm. they don't realize that, hey, this this kid's brain, there's something wrong. I'm also mm-hmm. dyslexic. So, yeah. and I grew up feeling like I was the dumbest kid. Like everyone else is passing all the time and I'm stuck in this class. And I just want to express this because mm-hmm. I feel like if your kid is struggling at school, please get it checked because I think, yeah, I think it will do their confidence. Like I had to build my own confidence at older age, but I was mm-hmm. completely like yeah. my self-esteem was at the lowest every single school days. I yeah. didn't like that at all. But yeah, yeah, that was just my little vent. vent. Um, no, and the research backs that up as well. You know, we've, we've looked at the research and they do say that, you know, people with ADHD, we struggle with more self-criticism than, you know, so much. neurotypicals, but partially because we've experienced a lot of like, you're not doing it right. You're not doing it right. You should be different. You should be different. And that well-meaning or not has a huge effect on you when, especially when you're getting diagnosed so late. Yeah. Yeah. So what was the question that I didn't answer? (laughs) (laughs) I was curious to know, you know, what is the one thing that's most helpful for you for your ADHD that you're doing currently? I've noticed something in in me, like subconsciously, I probably thought that I had something like like ADHD and then Mm -hmm. I started dealing with it. And that started Mm -hmm. from probably 2021. 
Yeah. So meditation, that's mm-hmm. one of them that has really helped change cold showers. Oh my God. Cold showers. Mm-hmm. You only see the difference after like six months for both of them. Mm-hmm. You don't see the mm-hmm. effects immediately, but man, that those things have, so I've, I'm religious on those. I'm once I get a house, if I do get a house, I'm going to upgrade to an ice bath because I live in an apartment. Mm-hmm. Right? So I can do ice showers. So anything to literally used to say this as a kid, but I'm going to say it now, no pain, no gain. <laughs> yeah. Right. yeah. Like yeah. literally yeah. It's for us, it's so painful yeah. to meditate. It took me so long. I still don't, my thoughts are just, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. I'm still mm-hmm. trying my best to focus on those, on the present. So for you, it's kind of like embracing the discomfort that comes with, with these different things. Go gym, mm-hmm. go exercise, do things mm-hmm. that help you. Like uh, if it's painful to eat a salad, if you've been eating a lot of like food that gives you a lot of dopamine, yes, it'll be mm-hmm. painful to eat a salad, mm-hmm. but you do yeah. it for the benefit of, Mm-hmm. what you feel after so if yeah. you go through that pain then you'll get the reward after mm-hmm. and i'm not saying like hey go to zero to a hundred because like we'll get paralyzed we just can't mm-hmm. do that but hey if you're sleeping six hours now sleep sleep six hours five minutes tomorrow sleep mm-hmm. six hours ten minutes tomorrow just mm-hmm. build that muscle yeah yeah no and it, it is a good question i i it's kind of leads me on to the next question which is like what do you do for fun because one of the questions we ask you know the adhd skills lab is what is your favorite dopamine activity so we've talked to you know we've talked about the work and the ice baths and that kind of the cold showers but what what about fun okay what do i do for fun I hang out with friends that have similar mindsets. Mm-hmm. I'm mm-hmm. very into intellectual stimulation. So, mm-hmm. for example, mm-hmm. this conversation right now, it's giving me a lot of dopamine. <laughs> like, I really enjoy talking <laughs> this because I have so much knowledge to share and I like to digest knowledge as well. And that is, mm-hmm. I would say, the best form. Oh, my God. Like, uh, So mm-hmm. I went to Australia a couple of days ago. And then on a Saturday, me and my friend just spoke to 6 a.m. to the morning talking about Mm -hmm. our childhood, talking about our Mm -hmm. traumas, talking about how we grew as a person, our identity, Mm -hmm. how we played multiple Mm -hmm. characters, masking. That Mm -hmm. was like six hours of consistent talking. I can't do that with anything. I can't even binge a show for six hours. Like it's it's not in me. But if it's a conversation that's stimulating, it's just like, wow, it's social connection and dopamine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. We had Peter Shankman on the podcast, and the way he gets dopamine is by skydiving, and then he gets work done after that. So I'm always interested to see what people do. That's something that I need to improve on. Is that any hobby or any sport that I pick up, it's gone. It's it's mm-hmm. it's. I, I've played all these sports. I've tried all these hobbies. Mm-hmm. They don't stick, and I don't know how to make them stick. It's something that I'm working mm-hmm. on constantly, but mm-hmm. it's very difficult. Yeah. Okay. And what advice would you give to other ADHD entrepreneurs who are, you know, working on their idea and they're looking at your, what you've done and they're thinking, gosh, that would be amazing. What advice would you give? Actually have, this is my very strong opinion is that if you really love what you're doing and you really know that this is your life's purpose, everything will just flow your way. You just keep enjoying the journey, keep doing you. Mm investors will look at you and be like, oh, this guy is, wow, it's amazing. And you don't even, you're mm-hmm. not doing it for the fact that you want to raise money. You're doing it because mm-hmm. you enjoy it and that you will manage energy over time. So please, entrepreneurs, do something that you truly, truly love. But if mm-hmm. money is an issue, sure, do a business that gets you that money. But if money is yeah. not an issue, do something you love. You don't have to yeah. be 
best at that one thing, but just journey is more than outcome. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Cool. Well, I'm going to ask you some of the questions we ask everyone on the podcast. Tell us about a professional achievement that you're the most proud of. Going camping and discovering myself, I would say it's not a societal achievement and I don't like to go Mm -hmm. with what society defines as success. My Mm -hmm. definition of success is finding myself and the most life-changing thing is actually figuring out who I am as a person and what I want to do. Awesome. Because everything that comes afterwards will be Mm -hmm. success. Nice. And is there a professional failure that embarrasses you and how did you deal with that? So after I fundraised, (laughs) I went on TV. (laughs) Oh, man, I was putting on a huge (laughs) mask (laughs) because I didn't know how to act on TV. I I didn't know Mm -hmm. how to be myself. So I was like, Eugene, don't freeze, don't freeze. And I froze twice on live television. It was live. Wow. Yeah, it was broadcasted <laughs> whole of Australia and New Zealand. Yeah. So I froze twice and the presenter had to cut in and be like, mm-hmm. oh, well, like that's it. And after I experienced that, that was my worst case scenario. I thought, hey, just don't mm-hmm. freeze once. And I froze twice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And after that experience, I was just like, I wasn't even that bad. Then what's wrong with my mind to keep thinking about it? Yeah, I can imagine. Gosh, live, anything live freaks me out. Like the podcast is such an amazing space because if something goes wrong, you're just like, oh, we'll cut it. It's fine. But yeah, doing it live, that would be very scary. But thanks for sharing that. I I love asking that question and and being able to see what people experience. So last question, if you had an ADHD life motto, what would it be? Oh man, I feel like ADHD heroes will hate me for this, but like similar to what I said before is like no pain, no gain. Like that would be. <laughs> You're just embracing the dopamine. Hit yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, but yeah. Oh man. If I said no pain, no gain to my younger self, I would like, oh, that I do not like that person. Like you do mm-hmm. not understand me, but I'm sorry. I, I already know this, but I'm just saying it out there. How about take. 0.001% pain. Just just start from there. Yeah. I'm, I'm not saying please go from zero to hundred. Just just mm-hmm. start a little, little bit, just a little bit. And mm-hmm. I hope all ADHDs can be okay with me saying that. <laughs> well, we'd like to hear from you on um, both sides of the, uh, <laughs> we'll see, we'll see how it goes, but I'm sure, I'm sure people understand. So thank you so much for coming to chat with us today, Eugene. It was really, really awesome to talk to you. I'm excited to see how this podcast goes. I'm sure a lot of people are going to get a lot from it. So if people want to find out more about you, find out where you are, how can they find you and what you do? I've recently became a content creator. My goal Mm -hmm. is by my birthday next year, which is November 20th, 2024, I'm going to try to get a million followers on short form content. So you can find me on TikTok, YouTube shorts and Instagram reels. And the at is ADHD founder, one word. And also you can email me on Eugene at forget.work. If you have any cool questions, I'm always happy to discuss. Awesome. Well, really great to have you on Eugene and uh, yeah, good luck with your app. I'm excited to see how it goes. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to reach out or connect with us, you can leave us a message at admin at unconventionalorganization.com. You can also find out more about our ADHD coaching organization, read our free articles, 
or sign up to our online courses at unconventionalorganization.com. That's organization with a Z or an S. They both will get you there. If you'd like to learn more about what we discussed here today, or you want to read the transcript, you can find that at our show notes page at unconventionalorganization.com. If you've enjoyed this podcast and think someone else might find the strategies and stories helpful, the best thing you can do is share episodes using the share button in the podcast player or leave a five-star review on Apple or Spotify or your podcast player of choice, letting them know why you've benefited from this podcast. Thanks so much for listening. And we'll see you back in the ADHD lab next week. Thank you.